Welcome back to the conclusion of Pastor Tim's message, Questioning Jesus' Authority. Luke chapter 20, verses 1 through 19. Tucked away in this parable of the vineyard owner is a truth that we need to be clear on. Jesus said of himself as the chief cornerstone, whoever falls on that stone will be broken, but on whomever it falls, it will grind him to powder. We need to be broken before him. He wants us to be broken before him, but none of us wants to be crushed. Neither does he want to bring that judgment on you. So yield to him and see what wonderful things he will do through a broken vessel. Here's Pastor Tim. So if number one, they defied him, if number two is he denied them, then number three is he described them. He's about to tell them a parable right on the heels of this statement that I'm not going to tell you by what authority I'm doing these things, but in essence, through the parable, he's going to tell them exactly where this authority comes from. But the parable doesn't just say God's in heaven and he has all authority and he's given me all authority. He's going to be able to say, you are far from God who has that authority. And you're not willing to live under his umbrella, so to speak. You're not willing to yield yourself and live under his authority. You're trying to take those things for yourself. By the way, who does that sound like? It sounds like our enemy, doesn't it? He wanted praise and he wanted authority. So the parable is there to describe these people, all right? So let's go through this together. Verse number nine, then Jesus began to tell the people this parable. So he's turned his attention away from the religious leaders. He's talking to the people, but he's talking about (laughs) those guys on his backside. He began to tell the people this parable. A certain man planted a vineyard, leased it to vine dressers, and went into a far country for a long time. Now at vintage time, He sent a servant to the vine dressers that they might give him some of the fruit of the vineyard, but the vine dressers beat him and sent him away empty-handed. All right, let's stop there in our story. The story is about authority. Who has the greatest authority in this story? It's the vineyard owner, right? The certain man. Is God the Father being portrayed? This certain man planted a vineyard. What's he talking about? What's this vineyard? The vineyard is Israel. Vineyard is his people. He planted a vineyard and then he leased it to vine dressers. Well, that's that's us, right? That's people. And he went to a far country for a long time. So now he begins to send the servant. Who's the servant? Well, at one point it's John the Baptist. It's people like Malachi and Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel. He begins to send them these servants over and over and over again. The people who are supposedly under authority have, because of their work in the vineyard, believed that now they have the authority can treat the servants any way that they want to. 
And how do they do that? They beat him and sent him away empty-handed. All right. Notice what the, vine, the, the vineyard owner does. Again, he sent another servant. And they beat him also. They treated him shamefully and sent him away empty-handed. <clears throat> All right. Aren't you glad that you're not God? Because <laughs> I'm not sure I would have sent a third, right? But now there's a third. Who is this servant? Listen to it. Again, he sent a third, and they wounded him also and cast him out. All right? It's the whole of the gospel now, isn't it? Wounded him in the same way that, that God said that that ser- serpent would wound the heel of Christ. He says, then the owner of the vineyard said, what shall I do? I will send my beloved son. Guess who he's talking about now? I'm a Jesus, right? Probably they will respect him when they see him. Probably says that with a wink in his eye. Because <laughs> he knows what the probability of that really is. Right? But when the vine dressers saw him, they reasoned among themselves. Hey, does that sound familiar? It would have sounded familiar to the people that are listening. Not just the people in the crowd that Jesus is addressing, but those that he's talking about. What did it say in verse number 5? They began to reason among themselves. Now you find these people, what are they doing? They're reasoning among themselves. You couldn't be more clearer if you had painted a picture and then told them what each element in the picture is, here is the only beloved son, and here are the people who are reasoning among themselves. You know, as they stand there, guess who is who? You don't even need a program, do you? They said, this is the heir. Come, let us kill him, that the inheritance may be ours. Now, At some point, somebody in that crowd is probably beginning to draw the lines to one another. As he is describing them, this person recognizes, hey, he's talking about us. And he's, he's talking about himself. He calls himself the Son of Man. He calls himself the Son of God. Obviously, he is the beloved Son. We are the vine dressers. But then when he says, I know what we'll do. Come on, let's kill him. We're not going to do that. You know, we're not going to do that. This is Tuesday. Wednesday, Thursday he gets arrested. Friday he gets crucified. It's not going to be long. And in fact, if anybody had had even that kind of reaction to say, oh, we haven't done that. I mean, we're not going to, we're not going to stoop that low. They're going to stoop that low before we finish our paragraph. All right, let's keep going. It's easy for us, isn't it, to say, well, I would never do that when we would. So they cast him out of the vineyard and killed him. Therefore, all right, we said this is a, this is a chapter about questions, right? Well, Jesus now has a question for them. Therefore, what will the owner of the vineyard do to them? Hmm. Wonder what he will do to them. You know? Even though Jesus asked them a question, 
In the same way that they ask him a question that he wouldn't answer. He's asked them a question and he doesn't even give them time to answer. Jesus answers the question for them. What do you suppose that vineyard owner will do to them? He will come and destroy those vine dressers and give the vineyard to others. What's he talking about in this parable? He's talking about his own chosen people. His vineyard that he planted. Isaiah Isaiah has such beautiful explanations of the vineyard of Israel. And God who gently, lovingly works that land. And out of this, those that, that he put in charge, those are his chosen people. Now, this is their reaction. He says, I'll come and take them away. And I'll give it to others. Do you know who the others are? The others is you. It's the Gentiles. He would graft them in. Now don't get too haughty just yet. Paul says, if he can graft you in, who is a wild olive branch, surely he can take the natural, which is the Jewish person, he can bring them right back into right fellowship with him too. He's not through with them. But look at this. He will come and destroy those vine dressers and give the vineyard to others. Notice their reaction. When they heard it, they said, certainly not. No. We can see through your little parable. We know that you're talking about God and that you're talking about us. We are His chosen people. We are the children of Abraham. We are children of the promise. No way that God is going to destroy us and take this away and give it to somebody else. Certainly not. It's the same word that Paul uses in the book of Romans when he begins to ask questions such as, should we continue to sin that grace may abound? What does he answer? Certainly not. No, absolutely not. The only person that can really say certainly not is the person who's in authority. They think that they are. Because although they say certainly not, they're just throwing a tantrum. They have neither the right to say certainly not, to God, nor do they have the power to say certainly not to God. Certainly not. And he looked at them and said, what then is this that is written? And he begins to quote from the Psalms. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. All right. Who are the builders? The builders are Israel. Who is the chief cornerstone? The chief cornerstone is Jesus. They have rejected Him. That's the point. Not only had they rejected Him, but they have rejected His authority over them. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. 
Jesus has just used a story to describe them perfectly. And their reaction demonstrates that his story is true. That he's right on the money with what he has to say. There's one more thing I want you to see. Jesus isn't through yet, and then there's, there's still a follow-up verse here. So let me give you this fourth element, or, or fourth point, if you will. They must decide about him. They have to. They have to decide. Is he the chief cornerstone? Is he the beloved son? Is he the one who has been given all authority in heaven and in earth? Well, they have to decide. If he is, then there's only one response, and that response is to yield to him. The response is to surrender and submit themselves to him. If you come to a point tonight to where you say, I believe that Jesus is God. I believe that He's the Son of God. I believe that He is the chief cornerstone, that everything in Christianity is built on Him. Then your only response is to yield, to surrender to Him, to surrender to His will, to submit to Him. Verse number 18 is one of the most important verses. I think in all of the gospel about your Christian life and how you respond to the will of God. Notice what he says. Whoever falls on that stone, what stone? The chief cornerstone. He's talking about himself. Whoever falls on that stone will be broken, but on whomever it falls, it will grind him to powder. Maybe you look at that verse and you say, well, great day, my choices aren't great, are they? I mean, I'm either broken or I'm ground to powder. Being broken is the good choice. Let me give you a definition of brokenness. It's the best definition of brokenness that I know of anywhere. Brokenness is my response of humility and obedience to the prompting of God's Holy Spirit or the revelation of God's Holy Word. Jot it down. Let me give it to you. Brokenness is my response of humility and of obedience to the prompting of God's Holy Spirit or to the revelation of God's holy word. In other words, when I read something in the Bible, and I recognize that I'm wrong, you know, sometimes when you read things in the Bible, you'll find, you'll find a sin in there that needs to be confessed, or something that needs to be avoided. You'll say, man, I, I'm right there in it. You, you may read this passage tonight and say... But that's me. I, I've wanted to be the captain of my own soul. I wanted to be the master of my destiny. I, I want to I live with the choices that I make. Not knowing that your response is to yield to Him. 
So you come to that point and you recognize, hey, I've been doing this part wrong. I'm trying to get out ahead of God and lead Him where I want Him to go. You recognize that, now how do you respond? Do you respond in humility and obedience? As, as the Spirit of God has opened up the Word of God to you, you yield to Him and say, God, I am sorry. You are the authority. And I yield to you. Whatever you need to take away that I have, that I have accumulated for myself, that is all yours, and you take it. Whatever direction you want me to go, whatever it is that you want me to do, I will do that. I, I, will, I will follow in obedience. That's brokenness. Every time that you find that kind of brokenness in the Bible, you know what it leads to? It leads to revival, it leads to personal revival. It can lead to corporate revival. On the other hand, there is another choice. Maybe you read this passage, and you read it just like the, just like the chief priest and the scribes and the elders from that day. And you say, certainly not. No. God is not right about this one. I, I'm, I am okay. Whoever falls on the stone, in other words, the person who willingly falls on this stone, falls face forward to Christ, will be broken. That's good. I'm responding in humility and obedience to what the Spirit of God says and to what the Word of God says. But on whom this stone falls, what is that? That's judgment. This end is coming in your life. Especially when it comes to the authority of God. He's not giving you a free pass. His authority is the, is the authority. And He's not going to yield that in any way whatsoever. So I can either voluntarily say, God, I yield myself to you and I will be broken before you. I will live a life of humility and obedience. Or God, I don't like that. And I'm going to live a life of defiance. His judgment will come. On whomever it falls, it will grind him to powder. That is the destructive wrath of God. What you see in the tribulation, the wrath of God being poured out on the earth, it's just a glimpse of what my sin deserves. The, the farthest reaches of your imagination of what hell is, an informed imagination, I should say, it's just a glimpse. Of his wrath against my sin. And either Jesus pays it. Or I pay it. The 
the chief priests and elders have decided that they would rather pay it themselves. I don't want to do that. And I certainly don't want to be ground to powder. I would rather be broken. and Let Him restore. Let Him rebuild. Let Him reinvigorate. Let Him revive. All right, they have to decide about Him. Same way that you do. Jesus just given them this incredible verse. And then look at verse number 19. And the chief priest and the scribes that very hour sought to lay hands on him, but they feared the people, for they knew that he had spoken this parable against them. So don't, don't read through this and say, well, they just didn't know. They know. They know. It's leading them to this probability that they are going to kill him at some point. Just not right now. Why wouldn't they do that? I mean, why wouldn't they just bite the bullet and say, you know what? Let's just kill him. I mean, we know the people are going to be upset and they, you know, they're probably going to want to stone us and all that stuff, but let's just ride that out. We'll just get rid of Jesus altogether. We won't have to worry about him anymore. It was right at that storm. Their authority is an authority that's based on fear, isn't it? It's fear of the people. As long as they can keep them afraid, then they can retain their authority. But who's the one who's really afraid? It's those who pretend that they have the authority. There are a lot of Christians that are like that, aren't they? I mean, they want to go to heaven when they die. But they don't want Jesus being the boss of their life right now. But He is the boss. He is. He is the Lord. Whether you ever acknowledge that or you don't, He still is. And He is your Lord. And you are both. So let's pray. Let me give you a moment right there where you are. Because maybe it is that you need to describe these things back to the Lord. That you need to, in your own words, just yield back to Him. Repent from whatever it is that He brings to your mind. And simply offer Him your fellowship. Father, you hear every prayer. And you know every heart. In the same way that you knew the hearts of all of these folks in this story, you know ours. You know those that are yielded to you. You know those that are hesitant to do that. Father, I pray that you would indeed revive our church. Begin it with individuals. And allow that to spread out throughout our congregation. But if it's brokenness that brings, the, brings on revival, then I know that I'm asking for brokenness. We're asking for your authority 
in our life and over our life as individuals and as a church that you would show yourself to be strong in that case. Bless us today, your people. We yield to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor Tim thanks you for joining us here today on Britt David Podcast. And he would like to invite you to check out our past messages here on Britt David Podcast Library. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is churchoffice at brittdavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Britt David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Brit David Podcast.